0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: If you're a fan of the Washington Commanders, you may be popping bottles of champagne and just blasting cool in the gang for the rest of the evening, having yourself a good little time. We'll tell you why right now I can't see it. Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel Eighty, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Nick Fridel, as we are in for the guys today. ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance. That's right. The report's coming from Adam Schefter that Dan Snyder Is nearing a deal to sell the Washington Commanders. The Josh Harris led group uh, has reached a preliminary agreement to buy the Commanders. Now, this deal is not signed, it is not exclusive, so somebody else could potentially sneak in last second and uh, cut this deal out. But they've reached the preliminary agreement to buy. The Washington Commanders for $6.05 billion, with a B, dollars. Uh, Josh Harris, a number of different people in his group, including Magic Johnson. He also, Harris, uh, is a, a owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. But this is something that has been talked about, it seems like, for a while, Nick. Ever since all these investigations started into Washington, into their franchise, And I'm sure if you're Roger Goodell, you're going to be thrilled that you don't have to answer any more questions about any more uh, inquiries that are happening into this organization that's been led by Daniel Snyder. If you're a Washington Commanders fan, you've got to be happy because, well, they just weren't successful under Daniel Snyder. There just seems to be a lot of things lining up in terms of the good in the NFL as a whole by Snyder finally getting out.
0: Gabe, it's a happy day for that Commanders organization, but more importantly a good day for the NFL. This league has gone through so much unnecessary drama because of this guy. Dan Snyder for years has been a pain in the NFL's backside and has consistently made decisions and made choices that have really done harm not only to the brand of his team – and the the public trust in that team, it's done brand uh, uh, bad bad branding for the business of the league, bad for the shield. And if you're Roger Goodell and you you have this fresh start, and Josh Harris comes in and he's run an organization before, as you mentioned, he's still running the Sixers his group. This is a moment in time where everybody should celebrate what's coming in the future and they can get away from all the bad things that have happened in the past
1: earlier on today's show we talked with espn commanders reporter john Keim, and he explained to us why josh harris and this group were the favorites to land the
2: franchise josh harris and then mitchell rails they have a combined net worth of over 11 billion dollars so they have the ability to put up the 30% to get the franchise and then you're going to have you're going to have to invest in a new stadium that will be all, probably priority number 1 from a business standpoint is that i also think just from the other perspective is that Josh Harris has, has experience running sports franchise. And during this process, you talk to people throughout about what it takes to be a good owner and what some mistakes that guys make when they come in the league. And one of it is just because you're a good businessman doesn't mean you're an expert in the sports business. It is very different. So from that standpoint, they have experience in knowing how to run a sports
1: franchise. So that's why they ended up being the ones that are in the driver's seat. Again, nothing is finalized, nothing is signed, nothing is official to send to the league to then be approved and background checks and everything. But right now, the Josh Harris-led group is in that driver's seat, $6.05 billion. Worth noting that Dan Snyder led the group back in May of 1999, Of and his group paid $800 million to buy the then-Washington Redskins. 24 years later, Snyder expected to getting back in excess of $6 billion in the sale of his NFL team. So if you're wondering, you know, why there are a lot of people lining up to, you know, throw $6 billion at a franchise that's been as bad as the Washington Commanders, because, yes, they've been that bad since 1999, and yet, you know, you're getting over six times your money back at at that kind of clip. So that's why all these billionaires are lining up to try to become a part of the exclusive club that is a franchise owner in professional sports.
0: The return on investment, Mr. Neitzel, is just incredible. It's it's not bad. But, but that is exactly what the difference is. Somebody like Dan Snyder bought in at a perfect time, and when he paid, everybody went, oh, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's not close to the money we're seeing... Now, not just in the NFL, we've seen it in the NBA, Uh, in MLB, we're starting to see it even more. But when you start watching the amount of money that can be made, uh, it it is—it's shocking almost. But I tell you this: watching Dan Snyder from a distance, Gabe, it reminds me of watching Robert Sarver from a distance all those years uh, in in Phoenix, and we just saw him sell the Suns for. Uh, for a variety of different issues and and investigations that have occurred. As much as these guys will enjoy the money and the profit that they made, I think it's going to crush them that they're not out in the, the, the limelight anymore and they're not sitting there courtside or Snyder in his private box at one of these games. When you have that type of money, usually... In a lot of these cases, there is a huge ego that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And for as much money as has been delivered now, potentially in this sale, Dan Snyder is going to disappear, and he's going to disappear and not be able to be in the club that he appeared to love so much.
1: The, the one thing that you cannot deny is that Dan Snyder loved the limelight. Yep. And while that limelight, certainly that has been shown on him over the last handful of years, has been incredibly negative, and a lot of bad things happened under his watch, at best, I guess, with all the investigations, it was just under his watch um, in, in Washington right now. But even before all these allegations of, of the culture within that organization came out, like, everybody... Not everybody knows all 31 owners in the NFL, but everybody who follows the NFL knew who Dan Snyder was. So for the same reasons, they know who Jerry Jones is. Like they, these are people that were very front-facing within their organizations. You don't know who the general manager is, but you knew who the owner of Washington was. And I think that goes to say, yeah, Dan Snyder had the ego, and who knows what he's going to do going forward? Yeah, he he gets the eight, you know, he gets the six point oh five billion dollars. But he doesn't have that public platform, especially one as large as the NFL, to make himself feel relevant. So here is what ESPN Commanders reporter John Keim, who again was with us earlier, had to say. Here are the next steps of the process should this Josh Harris group perch preliminary agreement to buy the Commanders go through and become official.
2: Let's say we hear it's finalized in the next several days, or week or whatever, however long that takes. Because there's a lot of, there's still T's across eyes, I's to dot, et cetera. Then the next step is end of May. And that's when they would vote. And I think one of the benefits to the Harris Group is that the other owners are familiar with them because they went through the process in Denver. And so I think that helps them, but there's still going to be a lot for the other owners to, to look over. The, the finance committee has to go over a lot of the finances. And then they present their findings to the rest of the owners, and then they vote.
1: The, the finance part maybe is probably the most complicated, but as um, John Kime mentioned to us earlier, this group has over $11 billion of net worth, so they should be able to figure out that part. Uh, because my guess is the owners cannot approve this sale fast enough. <laughs> like That's my guess, right? Like They are just dying for this thing to come to their attention at their next meeting so they can approve of this sale and rid themselves of Dan Snyder because the rest of them, I'm sure, are sick of answering questions about Dan Snyder in their own respective
0: markets. Uh, completely. What's, what's bad for one owner, Gabe, is, is bad for everybody else when you're talking about not only the amount of money that's involved – But the amount of publicity that the NFL generates on a daily basis, it has only grown bigger and bigger and bigger, which means that when you make public missteps the way that Dan Snyder has over the course of the last couple decades, and you carry yourself in the way that he has, it's bad for everybody involved. They can't rubber stamp this thing fast (laughs) enough. It will be... Uh, a party, yeah. I mean, cool in the game will be on. <laughs> they might a, be playing an, live. An eleven, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll bring them in for, <laughs> for when everybody sit at the table and say, "All right, do we approve?" Yes, and then instantly just Hit it. pump it up. <laughs>
1: I mean, they got that kind of money in that room. I'm just saying, absolutely. I mean, you know, bringing in cool of the game is just a drop in, the, drop in the bucket for those guys. I just think it's an idea. Hopefully, one of those 31 people will happen to be listening. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, take that one for free. Guys. Guys. Hot <laughs> Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you can earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets.
3: Vivid Seats, life happens live.
0: I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of I feel like Zion.
3: I think we're reaching that time for the Pelicans to think about moving on from Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is a myth at this point. I
0: think this comes a point where the leadership of the front office have to come to the table and actually figure things out with this young man. I mean, he's trying to figure things out himself, but at the end of the day, they have to figure out what's the best way to get him on the floor.
1: The season is officially over for the New Orleans Pelicans, and now they have to contemplate what their future looks like with their potential superstar in Zion Williamson. Scanty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. He's Nick Friedle. I'm Gabe Neitzel. The Pelicans falling last night to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I'm sure they would, love, they would have loved to have Zion Williamson there. And Zion did say he feels healthy, but... He also said last night that he's going to play when he feels like Zion again.
0: Gabe, if he doesn't feel like Zion right now, who does he feel like?
1: A, a bigger version of Zion? I don't know. The bigger, the, the bigger less explosive version of Zion? Because and, and somebody had sent this to us on social media as well. And I, I saw this video last night on social media of him kind of going through some warm-ups. You know, he's, he's got an assistant coach trying to guard him. He crosses over a couple of times and then gets to the rim and dunks. But... After seeing like the Zion who exploded his shoe because he was so explosive at Duke, that wasn't that Zion. That no. was, yeah, he's a really good athlete, and he can still elevate, but the explosiveness, the things that really separate him, he didn't look anywhere near ready. Could he have played last night? Probably. Would he have been effective? Absolutely not.
0: And there was an important word as you led us into uh, this segment that I think – we need to focus on, in the context of a Zion discussion game, and that is potential superstar. Because everybody wanted to anoint Zion when he came into the league as the new face of the Pelicans, one of the new faces of the NBA, but a superstar because yep. of what he had done at Duke. And when he's on the floor, yep, he's great. He, he has shown that he can really produce but he has not shown to be a superstar in the NBA because superstars stay on the floor consistently and they perform at a high level every single night. And Zion, for the injury issues, and now it seems like there's a a little bit of a mental hurdle as well for him, has not been able to show that he can be that guy. And this is where I pause and I kind of think, well... Why are all these people saying trade Zion? Because if you're the Pelicans, how in the world are you going to get the return on a potential superstar that you have built everything around for for the last few years in a time where teams are going to call for sure? But they're not going to offer you everything they can because nobody knows if he's going to be able to deliver when the time comes, next season and beyond.
1: Yeah, in the last two seasons, he's played 29 games. Did not play a oh. single game last season, and he appeared in all 29 of those games this year. It's just been way too inconsistent, and there is no team that is going to give you a Rudy Gobert-type haul for Zion Williamson right now because the future is so uncertain for him. And I agree with you. When he's, when he's on the floor, he can't miss. Like he is must watch. If they're playing the late game on ESPN, I'm flipping over on a Wednesday night because I want to yeah. see Zion. But the problem is, he's just not out there enough. Even even in a league where now 65 games is what all you need to hit in order to potentially qualify for your, yourself for awards going forward. He's just not out there consistently enough. He's not out there for the games. He needs to be out there for his team. And as his head coach Willie Green pointed out last night, this team did not get a chance to see their full potential this season.
0: It's difficult when you come in with expectations, and we all know how good we could be. We just didn't get a chance to see that group on the floor enough to be the team that we know we could be. So it happens. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and you know continue to go down that road. It, it is what it is.
1: The NBA is, history is littered with teams that just did not live up to their potential. And a lot of that is injury-related at times. And I am, I am rooting unbelievably hard for Zion to figure out a way to stay healthy because I think that's great for the league. If Zion Williamson is healthy, he has the ability to draw in even more people than, than currently watch the product. And I just think that he is, with his unique skill set, is he's in a position where he can be a transcendent superstar in the NBA. But if he can't stay healthy, it, it, it just seems more unfortunate than anything else. And he hasn't proven the ability to stay healthy. And once you start having <laughs> foot issues, Nick, those things are really hard to come back from.
0: Gabe, it goes exactly to your point, because the, the league is littered with teams who haven't been able to live up to their potential. But the league is also littered with, and, and so many of these teams are built upon – stars who haven't been able to stay out there on the floor. And when you watch Zion play, you see a guy who could end up being one of those transcendent talents. But for now, it's just a sad situation. And we mentioned how difficult it's been for Willie Green and the Pelicans. I throw another aspect of this out. Think of all the national TV games in the last two years that the Pelicans have been on, whether it's ESPN or Turner. And it's just an empty space. You're going to these (laughs) Pelican games, and you're turning on the TV, and there's no Zion. And you're not sure when he's going to come back, and even more so now, you're not sure when he comes back what kind of player he may be. So this is a major issue for the league. It would be fantastic next season if he's able to be healthy, but there is no reason that any of us have seen – that would lead you to believe that that will actually happen?
1: No, the the only player I can think of in recent memory that had foot issues and some of those questions around him as a young player – uh, and was able to kind of navigate it and then be one of the league's elite is the likely MVP this year And Joel Embiid. It's mm-hmm. the only one I can think of, and there were, it, it hasn't happened recently. Again, it was back when he was drafted, and he's coming out of Kansas. And, okay, well, do you take him? or do, do, I mean, Who do you end up – those foot issues kind of scared away some teams. He was able to navigate them, and now he's one of the best players in the league. But I feel, especially when you start talking about bigger guys, power forward centers, once they start having those foot issues – they have a really hard time moving past them and keeping those feet healthy because of how large their bodies are and the pressure they have to put on their feet, especially when you're as explosive as Zion Williamson has been.
0: It's a sad situation for all involved, but at the core of Zion's issues, Gabe, it's the reality that on top of the injury concerns, he has got to keep the weight off. Every time he's had an issue... Injury-wise, he continues to put more weight back on. It's going to be much harder as he gets later in his career to reverse that cycle with the way he's going right now.
1: We know the majority of the playoff matchups, so we're going to take a deeper look into those and which of those NBA playoff teams should you bet the house on. We'll let you know coming up next on Canty and Carl
3: on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
4: must be 21 plus and present in present and select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
2: this
0: is the cantian carlin podcast
1: we know the majority of the matchups happening in the nba and we know for sure what the matchups are happening on Saturday. We take a closer look at those right now on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Nights, along with Nick Friedel, as we fill in for Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, Nick, I've got the lines in front of me in terms of the series, the favorites to win the series. That's what we're looking for. We're going to go through each series, and I'm going to ask you who you're going to bet the house on in each of these first-round matchups, which begin on Saturday. You ready to go, man?
0: I am so ready, although, Gabe, I have to tell you, I was just transported back to my 97 Explorer listening (laughs) to the notorious one. I it mean, was, I
1: saw you bobbing the head, man. Like you, you know, I can see the windows are down, especially so in Wisconsin. It's pretending to be really nice for a week. Like it's almost it's eighty degrees right now in Milwaukee. It's unbelievable. Roll down the windows, have a little notorious going. Windows down, it. one hand up on the wheel is you oh, bobbing the head. It.
0: Oh, that's the life. Yeah, but let's let's do it. I I've got plenty. I got plenty of money that I've won somehow in Vegas <laughs> that I can throw on to. Well, I'm not betting on the NBA, but I can send out my predictions to the world so you guys can make some money.
1: All right, let's go ahead and start with the first series. Net Sixers in the East. The Sixers to win the series, minus 900. And again, for those who don't know, that means you would have to bet $900 just to win 100. The Nets are plus 600, meaning if you bet 100, you would win Six hundred. Who you got? Nets, Sixers. Who you betting the house on? <laughs>
0: I would take every dollar in my wallet, every <laughs> every amount of money I could find laid around my apartment, everything. And the odds are terrible, game. But oh, it's, it's give me odds. the Philadelphia Sixers in this series. I am more sure about this series than any other series out there. The, the Nets just do not have enough to To come close in this. Even if Embiid, for some reason, knock on wood that this does not happen, but even if he were to go down, and I lived it watching the Derrick Rose Bowl, sadly, all those years ago in Chicago, even if Embiid went down, they could still beat this Nets team. The Nets just are not good enough even though Mikhail Bridges is playing a lot better and Nick Claxton has had a really nice year, these Nets are not the Nets of their record. They're no. not that no. good. No, The Sixers are just going to dominate them in this series.
1: Katie and Kyrie did a lot of heavy lifting into yes. what the Nets record looks like right now. So yes, I would agree with you, despite those odds being what they are. I- I, I don't know how the Nets could even fathom winning this series in, over the course of seven games. Let's go ahead and move on to series number two. So this is, one of the, this is one of the closer ones. The Cavs are minus 205 to win the series. Knicks plus 170. So it's tight, understandably so. It's the 4-5 series in the East. Who are you betting the house on?
0: I would not bet the house on this series Mr. Okay. Nitzel. All right. But I would throw Maybe a couple Maybe your secondary house. I would I would, mean, you're, I you're would a throw a couple of, of my of my <laughs> extra dollars on my <laughs> on my secondary house on the Tom Thibodeau New York Knicks. The Knicks have no fear of this Cavs team. I was there a couple weeks ago in Cleveland. Jalen Brunson dropped 48 on them without Julius Randle. We're still not sure when he's going to reappear. In this series, I bet he will be back at some point. What all the Knicks need to do in these first couple games in Cleveland is get one. If you get one of those games and you go back to Madison Square Garden, you and I both know that place will be absolutely rocking. rocking. You get one of those in Cleveland, oh boy, it's going to get real tight real fast for a Cavs team that's just happy to be back in the playoffs without LeBron I think the Cavs can win the series, and they're certainly the favorite. But in this case, I'm throwing my money on the Knicks.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd do the same thing, just based on the value alone. And because I, I just think that Thibodeau, yes, when when you have Donovan Mitchell and you have the best player in the series, yeah, it's understandable that the Cavs are the favorite. But they've got a lot of youth and experience on that team as well that I think Tibbs, with his tough defense and the way that the Knicks can play, I think you can rattle them and they could be rattled for all the reasons you mentioned, because the the Knicks fan base is just starved for literally anything, and they're going to go crazy for this first-round series when it gets back to MSG. I am with you on that one. Let's go to game and series number three. This is the matchup I think the Warriors were hoping they were going to get. I think the Warriors wanted to be the sixth seed so they could take on the Kings. You want to talk about a young, fun team that is inexperienced in the postseason. That's where the Kings are. Warriors, minus 270 to win the series. Kings, plus 220. Who are you betting the house on? Nick Friedell.
0: Straight up, Gabe, I do not believe that the Sacramento Kings can beat Steph Curry four times. I don't no. believe it can happen. Having said that, when you look at the odds, and that factors into now I'm going to get into my third property <laughs> because <laughs> I, I really don't feel good about throwing any money down on this particular series. Sure. But the odds would lead me to bet the Kings plus 220 because the Warriors minus 270. This is a team that has not won on the road all season long. This is a team that is facing their old assistant coach, Mike Brown. Mike knows everything about that group. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr. He was beloved in that organization. He understands how everything operates. I think the Warriors win, but I think it is gonna be a really tough series even though the Kings are inexperienced, they haven't been there. The reason I would put at least a couple bucks on Sacramento in this case, Gabe, Darren Fox's clutch numbers are off the charts. He has repeatedly made big plays late in games all the time. I know the playoffs are different. And again, I'm not betting against Steph Curry, but if you're going to throw a buck or two down on this, the Warriors' odds just are not in your favor. Why not throw it down and see what happens here?
1: I can't make it make sense why the Warriors' record was as bad as it was on the road and then as great as it was at home. Like, I just cannot fathom with what they have as the defending champions the record that they do. So I would, if, if I were betting the house, if I were throwing money down, I would have to bet on the Warriors because I just can't bet against Steph Curry, Clay, and Draymond. They don't lose playoff series with Steve Kerr as their coach. Those three win healthy, they just don't lose. And I can't imagine that the upstart kings are going to be the first one to knock them off. I would take the Warriors minus 270. And the final series. We sir, cer- <laughs> oh boy. Um... <laughs> Who, who you got in this one, Nick? You want to even take a guess at what the odds are? Because this thing, <laughs> whew, this is worse than the, the Sixers' Nets. Celtics minus 1,000 to win the series. Hawks plus 650.
0: See, this is the only bad part about the play-in tournament, Gabe. I feel like it gives all these, these teams with, me, this, these, I should say, these fan bases with mediocre teams false hope. I was there in Miami the other night. Atlanta drilled the heat. The heat looked just lost. We're talking about who to bet on, where to go. <laughs> that Miami team, as much as I love Jimmy Butler, looks out of it right now. Here's the problem, though they're playing bad. They basketball. are playing really bad, and they're just disjointed. The Hawks are not that good <laughs> when okay. you put them against Boston.
1: So I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching the game the other night. I'm watching the Hawks, and it was a bad. Like it was, it was a bad game. game. It was a bad, bad game. game. Straight up, bad game. And I'm going. How is this Hawks team? How did this Hawks team go to an Eastern Conference oh. Finals two years ago? Oh. How on earth did that happen? And then here's the other thing. They probably thought for a second they were going to the finals when Giannis exploded his knee, and then miraculous You know, miraculously came back for the finals. But they thought that they could probably beat the Bucks without Giannis and. Now here they are playing ugly playing games against the Heat,
0: and they are going to get absolutely drilled by the Celtics. Who, <laughs> yep. uh, Gabe, you see the Bucks all the time? They're awesome. The Celtics are just as awesome. That should oh, be, my goodness, that should be the Eastern Conference Final because those two teams are very Ooh. deep and they are very good. And for my money, to wrap all this up, you take the Celtics in this series, but you take whoever wins Eastern Conference. To get through in the finals and win, because yeah. as we start the playoffs right now, the two best teams in the NBA are the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Well, we don't know who the Bucks are playing yet, but we've got you covered if you're wondering who is going to be that final team in the East and the West. Because tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, we have the Bulls' Heat and then the Thunder Timberwolves playing games right here on ESPN Radio. Saturday, 5.30 Eastern, we'll have Game 1 of the Knicks and Cavs. And Sunday at 2.30 Eastern, we're going to have that Lakers-Grizzlies Game 1 in the NBA postseason. We've got you covered right here on ESPN Radio during the NBA playoffs. But coming up next, how much can Odell Beckham Jr., Help the Ravens in a stacked AFC? We discuss on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
0: KT and Carlin, the podcast.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Gabe Neitzel, Nick Friedle hanging out and in for the guys today. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL Draft. In fact, two weeks from today, we will have the first round of the NFL Draft. Canty and Carlin going to be out there in Kansas City, all part of the coverage right here on ESPN Radio. But other moves are still happening across the NFL, as the Baltimore Ravens today announced and introduced Odell Beckham Jr. as the newest member of their franchise. And there's still uncertainty about who the quarterback there is going to be, if it's going to be Lamar Jackson, if it's not going to be Lamar Jackson. And for OBJ, he said today he wasn't all that concerned about that uncertainty at that position.
4: I mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, the, everything was uncertain. Like I say, life's uncertain. Obviously, I would assume that it's going to work out, that faith and that hope. Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know, you know <laughs> I would love to, to love to get to work with you. I'll, I'll talk to these guys over here and, uh, you know, hopefully that gets done. You know, I, I think, think about the Ravens. You definitely think about Lamar. And I know that that's something, you know, I was excited about that possibility and life's not certain.
1: I have no idea if it's going to work out and if Lamar Jackson's going to be the Baltimore Ravens quarterback this season, Nick. Um, but I do know what's going to work itself out of the $15 million that he is getting as part of this guaranteed deal. That's, to me, <laughs> the biggest reason that he ended up in Baltimore with the Ravens. Is Ultimately, that was probably the biggest contract he could get being somebody who's, on the, you know, who's, who's getting older, has had, did not play any football last year, and has had two ACL surgeries.
0: That's the part to me that has to continue to get hammered home here, Gabe. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to still play at an incredibly high level, but we saw in his comments leading up to this point that that he wants to get paid and more power to him because when you're on the backside of your career and you've had the knee problems that he's had, you need that guarantee. And he got it from Baltimore, but – Maybe it's just because I've lived too many of these NBA free agent dramas <laughs> through time. But I just don't believe any way that Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't sitting there on the phone going, Hey, Lamar, are you, are you coming back? Am I, am I okay to take all this cash because... I feel like uh, you need to be here if I'm going to be here. <laughs> so I know where he's leading, and I know he's saying life is uh, unpredictable, and we never know how it could all play out. Okay, cool. But uh, I still buy that that he signed on the dotted line for 1-15 guaranteed. 2, or I should say 1A, that Lamar Jackson's going to be the guy Delivering him those passes.
1: Yeah, it could be a little different if Tyler Huntley is the guy throwing <laughs> you the ball versus. You're gonna versus have to Lamar look harder Jackson. at that direct
0: deposit <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> when really it comes make through. Feel better, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Is, is this a situation then where Odell ends up, you know, kind of holding uh, Lamar hostage if somebody else tries to sign him to an offer sheet like we saw in the NBA and DeAndre Jordan? He's all got those the years door. Ago?
0: He's got the door jammed with the chair. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's what's coming next.
1: I don't. I don't know if we'll get to that. As you mentioned, that level of drama that we've seen in the NBA <laughs> with some of these. But it, as the longer this goes on, I guess the more sense it makes to me that the. Baltimore Ravens are going to be the landing and the the ultimate destination for Lamar Jackson. Whether it's collusion or not, the rest of the league doesn't seem willing to pay him the fully guaranteed contract that he wants. The only way I think this potentially gets interesting is if in two weeks, in the opening round of the, the NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts do not take a quarterback. And instead take what they deem to be the best player available. And they've decided, hey, we don't want Will Levis or Richardson. We don't want one of those guys who could be a little bit more of a project. We've decided that we're going to take the best player available. And now with our next two firsts, not the one that's in the top five right now, with our next two firsts, we're going to be aggressive and go after Lamar Jackson. But, again, that would be after that first round is complete and the f- two first-round picks that they would give up would presumably be outside of the top 10. I'm hoping they would probably be hoping be in the 20 range if you were to sign a player like Lamar Jackson. But outside of a wild situation like that, it just seems more and more likely that Lamar and Baltimore, for lack of a better term, are stuck with each other.
0: Well, Gabe, you're telling me that Indianapolis is going to play Play out real life draft day, and Kevin Costner is going to come zooming through <laughs> some curtain somewhere, and a little piece of paper is going to say nothing without Vontae Mack. <laughs> I mean, you traded all these picks, and you're not going to go after Stroud or a Rice Young, but you're gonna you're gonna land somewhere else. I I'm with you. I. I like the Hollywood aspect of it, but I'll believe it when I see it after sh- they gave up all those assets.
1: All right, you just brought up Draft Day. I can't remember what GM it was, but there was a GM out there that was like defending Draft Day as a movie today. I saw that on social media. I need to re who that is so I can drag <laughs> that GM properly because that movie, it was terrible. It was just awful. I love Kevin Costner. He's fantastic. That movie, awful, terrible. Um, but it, it, again, like Lamar, and, as OBJ said in that clip, when you think of Baltimore, you think of Lamar. And yep. it, it's, it's hard to separate the two. They seem like they're still planning on Lamar Jackson being around. And maybe this helps entice him coming back. Hey, this is probably the best wide receiver you've had. And if we pair him with Mark Andrews, we could have a pretty good passing attack with you as the QB.
0: They know that this is a guy that he would want to play with. And they just threw it out there and said, hey, Lamar. Let's, let's make this happen, big guy. We love you. We know we're going to get this money worked out. It'll work.
1: Coming up next, the playoff field in the NBA nearly set. We're going to take a look ahead at tomorrow's play-in games and if any of those teams has a chance to pull a first-round upset on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.